Bible says in Luke 18, verse 1, and then he spoke a parable to them that men should always pray, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. And here's what he said. There was a certain city. In a certain city, there was a judge who did not fear God, nor did he regard man. Jesus, the Bible says, said that there was also a widow in that city. And she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But after a while, the judge said to himself, you know, though I do not fear God, nor I regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her lest by her continual coming she wearied me. Lest by her continued or continual coming she wearied me. And then the Lord said, hear what that unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, whom he bears long with them. And I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he not or will he really find faith on the earth? Let me read verse 8 one more time. God says to the students, Jesus says to the students, and I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Will he really find faith on the earth? One more time. Will he really find faith on the earth? I want to talk, and I won't be that long today because I just really feel the Holy Ghost ready to move and do some things special today. I want to talk about fearless faith and holy hustle. Fearless faith and holy hustle. I, I can see your brain spinning. You're trying to put those two concepts together and whether you sin it or not. Come on, say fearless faith and holy hustle. You, we're going to be all right, I promise you. Fearless faith and holy hustle. I want to talk a little bit further today about seeking the Lord in 2021. Seeking the Lord in 2021. Let's try that one more time. Come on, say fearless faith and holy hustle. I, what does it really mean to seek the Lord in 2023? Excuse me, 2023, 2000. See, I was caught up in the hustle part myself. What does it really mean to, to seek the Lord in 2023, these past few weeks, we've emphasized the importance of being a church. You know, we looked at the life of Daniel. You remember, Daniel was a man who was consecrated. Um, he was convicted. He had compassion. We know all that about Daniel. He had an excellent spirit. Yes, he, he sought the Lord. Three times a day, the Bible says he'd go in his upper room in his window. He'd face Jerusalem, and he'd get on his knees, and he'd pray. If, if, we, if we remember nothing else about the prophet Daniel, who, by the way, himself was in exile, right? We knew he was a man who sought the Lord. Man, if you ever get a chance to read his prayer, I believe it's in chapter 9, he lays it out and says, they didn't sin, we have sinned. And God, if you forgive us for our sins, maybe you could do something in our generation. So Daniel was a man who, who, who purposed himself this 21-day consecration of, 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 of not eating, quote-unquote, comfortable foods, uh, uh, abstaining from uh, certain diets in this season. Uh, he purposed himself. Chapter 1, it was 10 days. Chapter 10, it was 21 days. I told my wife next year when we do the consecration, we're going to broadcast it, and I'll, I'll need our director of communication. Is our director of communication here today? Let me see. Is our director of communication here? 
Oh, that's right, we hadn't appointed one yet. Okay, by faith, we're going to appoint a director of communication, someone who can really help take it out there. So next January, when we have our consecration, I think what we're going to do is this. We're going to have a 21-day time of consecration. But you will choose whether you do the 10-day or you go all 21 days. But somewhere between 10 and 21, we ask that you do something. Maybe between the 10 and the 21, you do a three-day complete fast. Maybe it's a 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. fast. Maybe your consecration is from TV or social media. I, I, I don't know, whatever it is. But what I don't want you to do is sit up here and go hungry for 21 days and not one time have you prayed, not one time have you read your Bible. Because that wouldn't be the fast of Isaiah 58. It certainly would be the fast of Matthew chapter 6. Because sometimes we get legalistic and duty bound. Well, let me go ahead and do it. So I don't really think I ain't saved. I'm going to get it. Well, that ain't the motive. And you've lost, and you basically have been discomforted for nothing. But if we give a framework that says, do something, now you might say, well, that ain't fair, that ain't fair. No, no, you're not the one to call it what's fair now. God is the judge. And he, the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required, right? So, so for the man who says, I'm going all 21 days, and for the man sort of like me, who, you know, uh, we love to eat, right? We love the social atmosphere of being in a restaurant and eating, and, uh, you know, God's going to see that sacrifice, right? But for the, for the sister who can probably go a month and a half without eating in the first place, that ain't no problem to her. That ain't no sacrifice to her. But for her not to be gossiping on TV, watching TV and gossiping all day on, now that is going to be a sacrifice, right? So the point I'm making is God knows how to measure your level of sacrifice. All right. Uh, okay. So all I'm trying to say is this. Um, I don't want anyone to feel duty bound, but at the same time, we do need to be on one accord because there's some things that God promises us when we purpose in our hearts. Number two, he positioned himself. I'll come back to that in a moment. Number three, he prayed, he prayed, he prayed. One of the things we have not done in the season is make sure that we're collectively praying, whether it's in person and or on the prayer calls as a church. Once again, if we're not careful, we'll focus on the mechanics of fasting, but we hadn't sought God. <clears throat> so as the preacher, as the herald, as the reminder, make sure in all of our activities, we're seeking God. Because God made some promises to us of what he would do for our church and what he would do for our families if we would seek the Lord. And so if there's ever been a time to pray, now's the time. If there's ever been a time to seek the face of God, my friends, now is the time. May I, may I, may I deviate just for a few moments? Well, I'm not even deviating. Let me stay on target with this one. But how interesting and how awkward we as a community and as a people must feel in these past 48 hours. I think I'd be less of a preacher if I didn't address the situation in Memphis, Tennessee. But this is different. This is unique. There's something different about this one that almost causes a holy hush. Because right when we want to get mad and fearful and upset and ugly and nasty and blame somebody else, we we have to look in the mirror with this one. And out of the mouth, I know the first name is Tyree, the last name, Nichols. Out of the mouth of Tyree Nichols' mother, this is an embarrassment to us as black people. That's not me talking, that's his mama talking. And how do we give an account? What, what is it that we are to say now? And, 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 and when, I, when I think about just all of the different nuances and all of the different angles and perspectives, 
we, we still have to reconcile the mental and the emotional trauma of seeing what we see. They may not have to deal with it as we deal with it. Now, I understand the marching and the protesting, and I think that's interesting enough because there are things I can safely say others can't say. I said this years ago, at least two or three years ago, and didn't get a lot of comment, didn't get a lot of love on it, but I'm going to say it again, unashamedly, and I'll say it on camera. Black lives won't matter to others until black lives matter to us. And I didn't, again, didn't get a lot of, that didn't go viral years ago. And in fact, I think I got a lot of friction and a lot of, you know, resistance because it wasn't popular. Wasn't politically correct to say something like that. Self-hate runs deep in our DNA. So we've all had this surface question of what would have happened had that been five black officers, or better yet, had that been five white officers and a black man, you all do know it would be World War III right now. You all do know that. But at the same time, had it been five black officers and one white, it could still be National Guard and World War III. But here's a question that I thought about earlier today. Had it been the five black officers and had it been a white man, would they have pulled up sooner? Would something in them, and this is why I look at Brother Patrick on his birthday today because he's a, he is a retired law officer from the city of New York. And it caused me to just think about him and appreciate him more. I'm not an officer. I don't know what goes down in the, the moment of that hour. But I just wonder, in their minds, would it have been more of a put the brakes on? But where were those brakes with Tyree Nichols? There's an article circling out there, and I'm not, I'm not a big CNN fan, but I will say this. There's an article that does make some sense to me. And this is my opinion. I say this, and you might say, well, what does this have to do with the gospel? What does that do with Sunday morning? I want you to have a safe place where you can think, you can hear. There may be some things you agree, maybe some things you don't agree. But at least you're in a place where you can process. And we can give it to the Lord in prayer. Because I could be right and I could be wrong. But we have to look in the mirror and deal with the stigma of self-hate. Whether it is as obvious as those five police officers or being a black business owner who owns a store and, and white folk can come in the store, Asians can come in the store, Hispanics can come in the store, but another black person in that store, all of a sudden you start to look around wondering. You, you as an African-American could be walking down a, a dark alley. And you don't think twice about the Amish or the, the Orthodox Jew. You don't think twice about the Native American. But let somebody, one of us, come walking down that with a hoodie on. We're going It's in our DNA. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. But there's some things we have to grapple with as a people. I think it was Hillary Clinton who called us super predators. And what I saw that night on that video, and I go to Memphis, I've been to Memphis all 
30 some odd years of my ministry life. I know a fr- I have a friend, I have a friend, a clergy friend who's on the police force in Memphis, Tennessee. I haven't talked to him yet, but I can only imagine as an African-American police officer what they must be feeling seeing their colleagues. How, does, how, does, how do mothers feel knowing that boy is crying out for his mama? I know I have to get back on target, but it was, if there was ever a time for the church to pray and to seek God for answers, solutions, and to make a difference, now is that time. And I know I'm going to say this and get in trouble with somebody. I can't expect the white community to be a voice for me. When you look at those who are marching, there are more of them marching than us. Those who are protesting right now, just maybe I'm wrong. Maybe wrong. There are more of them marching and protesting than us. We have a problem. We got to go back to our little babies and teach them that the little white doll is no more special than a little black baby doll. Do you hear me? We, go, we gotta go back and teach our babies in the daycare and the nurseries that the black little superhero is just as awesome as the white little superhero. Do you hear me? That's where it starts. And when, when they're on the school bus, we, we used to call it Rankin and Jones and your mama this and your mama that, you black as this, you black as that. We gotta kill all that. You got to kill it because something's wrong. Because what I saw with those five police officers stems back down to the DNA of we hate each other deep down inside. Forgive me for taking so long. We want to be a church where we can have a rapid response to deal with issues, not just on Sundays among us, but how do we get in the media? How do we deal with communities? How do we deal with young people? How do we make sure it's not just rhetoric, preaching and hollering and amen, wave a fan and go home and have dinner and nothing else happens? We gotta do more than just a candlelight visual, emotionally. Give me a moment. I'm trying to transition here. I'm just trying to figure out a way. Seeking the Lord. 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 Isaiah 31 and 1. Isaiah 31 and 1. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help. They rely on horses. They trust in chariots because they're many. And in horsemen because they're very strong. But they do not look to the Holy One of Israel, nor do they seek the Lord. May you ask yourself the question, how, am I, how, how much am I now seeking the Lord as I build my business, as I restore my marriage? How much am I seeking the Lord as I rebuild my financial portfolio? Am I, am I seeking the Lord in my physical wellness to recovery? Or am I just taking the medication and following the doctor's orders, but not one time, not one time, not one time have I sought the Lord in healing for my body? Seeking the Lord, seeking the Lord. Second Chronicles 7, 14, you know the scripture already. If my people who are called by my name 
All we got to do is humble ourselves. Let's quit living high, high as if we got all the answers and we need nothing but us. But if we would humble ourselves and pray. But notice what the Bible says. Apparently for the, for the, for the writer of Second Chronicles, it wasn't enough to pray because he added, and seek my face, and seek my face, and turn from the wicked ways. Then, someone say then. Then I would hear God says, I'll hear you from heaven. I'll forgive your sins, and then I'll heal your land. You're doing things right now that God says I can do in 10 seconds. It's taking you 10 years to heal your credit. God says I can do it in 10 seconds if you allow me to be part of the equation. I can heal your past. I can heal your heart. I can heal the things that happened to you if you'd allow me to be part of the situation. And so I just want to remind you, may we be a people who seek the Lord. It's going to take some fearless faith. And I'll turn a corner here and talk about the holy hustle. But in a moment, we, we, we have to be a people who walk by faith. Because this was not going to be done conventionally. This is not going to be done because of nuts and bolts of the mechanics. We got to be a people who cry out to God. And I know it may not be politically correct or popular, and no one's going to give you a whole bunch of accolades, but find your face, find yourself with your face on the carpet crying out to God, saying, God, if you don't do it, it's not going to get done. God, except you move on our behalf, it's not going to get done. See, God to carefully require, desire, to exact, to request, to consult from the Lord. So it goes more than a Hail Mary. It's more than a faithful wish. It's more than good intentions. It's more than the religious rhetoric of just going through the motions. But Daniel set his heart, set his face. Jesus, the Bible says, early in the morning before the sun would come up, he would go to a solitary place, and there he would pray. He would pray. He would pray. Why? Because he knew there was no distractions, no popularity, no one to get in this way, but he there he prayed. Have we gotten to a place where we are seeking the Lord? I'm concerned because right now this apathy, this lethargic uh, COVID post lacks, redu reduce, lay down, be chill, be cool. It's all right. God's going to do it anyway. Uh-uh. There has to be a people. This is the generation of Jacob, those that seek the Lord. And so the Bible says, Colossians 3, 1, if you were raised with Christ, seek those things. Seek those things which are above. So maybe it's not enough just to seek the Lord in prayer and fasting. Let's seek those things God wants us to be seeking, like faith and hope and love and charity. Seek those things that are above where Christ is sitting on the right hand of God. What about Matthew 6.33? Very familiar verse of Scripture. We all know that Scripture, right? Matthew 6.33. But seek ye what? First. How important is that now? Seek ye first. The kingdom of heaven. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. I want to pause right there for a moment. What is it that you need added right now in your life? Just think about it, just for a moment. There's something you're praying about. Okay, I won't be that long. Think about it. There's something you're praying about. Over in this section, is, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's your first home. You're believing God for your first home. In this section, maybe it's, a, it's the salvation or the deliverance of a child or a grandchild. Over in that section, maybe it's, it's, it's healing from the past relationship, a heartbreak. Maybe over in this section, maybe it's, 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 it's to go back to school and finish a degree after 20 years being away. Whatever it is, seek ye what? First, the kingdom of heaven, right? And the Bible says that the Lord would add, and, excuse me, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. I know this sounds very elementary, but let your faith take, take over right now. You're trying to work for some things that God wants to add to you. 
You're trying to work for some things that God said I will add to you. And if you allow God to do his part, you may not have to work so hard. If you would take him at his word and seek him first, right? So my final scripture before I turn my page. <laughs> Hebrews 11 and 6. Would you turn there with me? I just want you to look at Hebrews 11 and 6. Hebrews 11 and 6. There's something about Hebrews 11 and 6 that always stands out to me as it relates to fearless faith. And then we're going to turn a page and talk about holy hustle. And again, I know that sounds like an oxymoron. It sort of sounds sort of anticlimactic. But I do believe there's some holy and there's some hustle that every man, every woman should have. I'm reading, I'm, I'm reading a book right now and it's blessing me. And I also kind of got to it iterate it with uh, a, a, an online uh, sort of video tutorial I'm kind of dealing with right now. But it says that the average millionaire has seven income streams. Seven income streams. Uh, how many income streams do you have? I've already counted mine, but and I ain't nowhere near. But uh, um, I'm asking myself, if, 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 if I want to attain to a place to where I don't have to worry about mortgages and a debt, you know, my kids can, can do what they need to do, my grandkids can go to college without worrying about student loans, and, you know, my wife may want to do this or go here, and we may want to retire here, retire there. You know, I, I've got to make some decisions now. I mean, yeah, I want the Lord to bless me, and, and I want to pray the prayer of Jabez and do all the right spiritual things, but uh, I can't just sit down and wait for my ship to come in yes right thank you pastor faith without works is dead I'm gonna have to do some things right and and, and if I want to sort of get to a certain level it's going to be more than just you know uh, scratch uh, striking matches and, and and lighting candles I'm, I'm gonna have to really trust God in a certain area or two so if the average millionaire has at least seven streams of income I gotta start working on number two and number three and number four and there gotta be some good streams at that but Hebrews 11 says this very interesting but faith or without faith, it's impossible to please him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Let's stop right there. You say, oh, Pastor Stephen, I wish we can get real deep in the word. And I, I hope one day you can be like the other pastor and get real theologically astute and get real deep dive in the, in the exegeting and isogeting of scripture. Well, until you grow up and become out of elementary school, we won't go there, right? Because without faith, it is impossible. Let's stop right there. It is impossible. What does that tell you? Same thing it tells me. If I'm not walking by faith, who am I to think I'm pleasing God? That is the absolutely bedrock of the foundational understanding of my walk with God. Am I walking by faith? Wait a minute. Let's keep reading because the author goes on to say something different here. He says, for he who comes to God must believe that, number one, he is. Huh? Let's stop right there because there's a comma. That means let's pause. Let's think about that. He is. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh-oh. There's an and. Conjunction function, here's your unction. He is, and he is a rewarder of them, uh-oh, uh-oh, that what? Diligently, that what? Diligently seek him. We got to unload this one. That's two, th two or three things going on. So let's start over again. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. So let's go ahead and round out first base. If I don't have faith, I can, we, we can cancel the rest of the scriptures, but we, we want to go on. So let's make up our minds, we're going to walk by faith. Let's make up our minds, there's going to be something that's happening in my daily regime that I'm going to have to just trust that God's going to do for me. I, I'm not going to manhandle it. I can't control it all, and I can't make it all happen. It's just, it's just going, there are some things I can't control. I'm going to have to give it to God in prayer. Remember Isaiah 31 now, remember now, Isaiah 31 said it straight, hey, don't you trust in horses because they're many. Trust and cherish because they're strong. But not one time did you look to heaven to pray. Not one time did you regard the Lord. If you, if you look at Isaiah 
30, the chapter prior, it, it, the terminology says, you wouldn't even seek my advice. The word advice is there. You didn't even seek my advice. Did you even say, hey, God, what do you think about this matter? What do, you, what do you think about this man? I want to marry this guy. You can ask everybody in your all-noon chat room and all you BFFs, but do you ask God, God, what do you think about this guy I want to get married to? Hello? Everybody okay? <laughs> It'd be a whole bunch of happier people today had you assault the Lord first. All right, I better, better get back on target here. So, 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 okay, so have we made up our mind we're going to seek the Lord and, and, and inquire of him? All right, have we made up our mind? We're going to walk by faith. Everybody okay so far? We good? Can we go to second base now? All right, let's keep moving. For he who comes to God, you must have faith. You must believe that he is. Stop right there. You got to believe that he's real. You have to believe that there is a God. He is a God in heaven. He is Adonai. He's Lord. He's, he's master. He's owner. He's, he, he's Elohim. He's the creator. He's just not something, but he's there. And I believe that. Everybody okay so far? Now, what else does the Bible say? And he is a rewarder. That, my friends, is the challenge. Yes, you have faith. Yes, you believe he is. But do you believe he wants to bless you? Do you really believe he wants to reward you? Can I talk black folk talk? We know he wants to get us when we do trouble. We know he wants to whoop us when we do bad. That's in our DNA. That's just in who we are. We know he wants to correct us when we're wrong. We know he wants to discipline us when we get out of line. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That's how we read the scriptures, right? But over, but over across the way, if you love me, man, you'll keep my commandments. Whole different mindset. But, 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 but when you grew up in a house where you had beat half to death, I have the time for stealing stuff. I mean, that's a whole other mess. Man. I'm, I'm just trying to say. I'm just try, trying to say. Um, so, so we know he's going to get us because he's the cosmo cop in the air that's going to zap us every time we do wrong. But do you know he wants to reward you? Do you really believe he withholds no good? The Bible says that my God is a sun and shield. He withholds no good thing from them who walk uprightly. Do you know he wants to reward you? He wants to bless you. The blessings of the Lord maketh he rich and has no sorrow. Let me talk to you just for a moment. See, 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 you got enough faith. You got faith. See, let me try it this way. See, this is why when the Bible says faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? The what? Word of the Lord. Is that right? So if I preach faith, or if I preach the word on healing, and you hear the word on healing, guess what? You're going to have faith to believe that God heals. Guess what? You got healed. If I preach that, you know what, man, if you get saved and you give your life to Jesus, he will heal you, and not, not that, he'll save you from your sin, and he will deliver you from a bad lifestyle. Guess what? You heard the word, you believed the word, and guess what? He healed you, and you got saved from living a horrible lifestyle. Praise the Lord, now you can go to heaven. But if you never believe that God is a rewarder and wants to bless you with prosperity because you never heard it, you never believed it, you've never had no faith, and therefore you stay broke. He is a rewarder. We got to get out of a mindset that somehow or another, oh my God, you know what we need to do? We need to have a good old-fashioned, old-fashioned 
theological, dis I mean, a theological Bible study. I'm talking about an old deep dig. Maybe we need to go back and look at the sons of Ham, Shem, and Japheth. I got a book on my shelf called, If God's So Good, Why Are Black People Doing So Bad? The sons of Noah, Japheth, Shem, and Ham. Japheth, Shem got blessed, Ham got cursed because he exposed Noah's backside. And uh, I'm just trying to tell y'all, I mean, I ain't trying to predict nothing. I ain't trying to be no mathematician, but you look, you last seven thousand years, you look at us and you'd be wondering, man, did, did God, you, I, thought, I thought the curse was removed. I thought, you know, you, we got blessed in the New Testament because of grace. But when I look around sometimes, I start wondering, you know, so the point I'm making is you start wondering. I mean, you talk about the curse on Ethiopia, you, the curse on Africa. You start saying to yourself, good Lord, there's a lot of discourse biblically. We got to go back and make sure we understand the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because if not, you will be suppressed and succumbed to this, to this systematic thinking that something's wrong with me. Therefore, the self-hate. Therefore, the fact we don't support one another. We don't trust one another. We are bred to hurt one another. The book Willie Lynch, we are committed as married couples to kill one another and to mistrust one another. Men are better to be studs. Women are better to be this. And therefore, our marriages are corrupted. We got to go back and get in the word and find out what God said about the blessing about the biblical rights and biblical healings and breakthrough. So all that, that's a whole nother message. I'm just, so let's get back to the, so he, so, so my, so I have a believing faith and I have a performing faith. I have a faith to believe that he is and I have a faith to believe that he will perform for me. We believe that he is, but do you believe that he wants to bless you? He wants to perform on your behalf. So one more time, Hebrews 11, 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. But he who comes to God must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. That's going to rule out the lazy. That's going to rule out those who don't care, the apathetic. Those who want to look for a shortcut. Those who are looking for a kickstand. Those who are looking for a cheat sheet. Those who want to get through the side door, those who really don't care. He says, those who are diligent, I will open doors and I will bless. The word diligent simply means to do something with the intense effort and motivation to work hard, to do one's best, to endeavor. And my friends, this COVID-19 spirit combined with the PPP and the SBA and everybody had rich quick, and nobody wants to work. And you can drive home right now and see 15 for hire signs at McDonald's and Chick-fil-A and Burger King. And folks are making now, people are making $19 an hour to, to, to ask, do you want fries or shake? And, and, and you can't get nobody employed. You all are business owners. You can barely find people on Indeed and, and Recruit.com. And my God, nobody wants to work. We are living in an age and a generation, my God, people would rather stay at home and collect a, pay, uh, a welfare check than to go put an honest day's work in. That spirit transcends to the church and to the kingdom to where now we expect God to do all this for us, but I dare not seek his face. 
I dare not seek him for anything. Remember this, a couple weeks ago I gave you a couple of scriptures. The Bible says the soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. That's Proverbs 13 and 4. He who is slack hands becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. That's Proverbs 10 and 4. What about Hebrews? Let's go back to New Testament, Hebrews 11. We do not want you to become lazy, but imitate through whose faith and patience inherits the promise. Hallelujah. My time is almost up. I need to close this message. Let's go back to our text this morning. In the book of Luke chapter 18, Jesus, Jesus preaches. Jesus teaches the crowd and says, listen, men should always pray and faint not. It is a good thing that men all to pray and not lose hope. Here's what we find out. He says, he spoke a parable to them and said, men should pray and not lose heart, saying, there was a certain city, a judge, and notice this judge. He didn't fear God, nor did he regard man. But he's some judge, isn't he? Doesn't fear God, nor does he fear man. But in that same city, there's a woman. She's a widow. Now, number one, in those days, she already had one strike against her because she was a woman. Number two, she was a widow. So, you know what? She's kind of like least likely to succeed. But Jesus uses this woman as an example that says, even this woman with two strikes against her uh, comes to this judge and says, listen, I need you to do something for me against my adversary. The judge obviously don't fear God. That's, no, that's, that's a problem. Number two, didn't really have a care for man. That's another problem, number two. But all of a sudden, uh, Jesus uses it as an example and says, wait a minute now. We got a problem here. The woman has has determination. The woman has persistence. The woman has a, a, a sense of diligence. You know what I call it? She has hustle. And not only did she have a hustle, she had a holy hustle. I'm going to say this to you, and I'm going to close this message in a moment, but I do believe that in 2023, if you're going to succeed, if you're going to seek God, you got to have a combination of fearless faith, but you also got to have some holy hustle. you got to know how to have a little bit of hustle in you that says, God, listen, I may not deserve this, and I don't, I don't deserve that. That might be the truth. But the reality is this. I need you to do something for my family. God, I need you to move on my behalf. Okay, granted, I may not have done everything financially right in the past, but God, I need you to come forth with a financial miracle. God, if you'll do this, and I'll do that. He, this woman made it clear. Listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says there was a widow in that city. She came saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And for a while, the Bible says the judge would not do it. But after a while, the judge said to himself, you know what? I don't fear God and I don't regard this woman yet because she troubles me. In other words, because she nags me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because she keeps getting on my nerves. Listen, husbands, if your wife keeps asking you to change the filters every three months, uh, you, uh, I'm excuse me, let me talk to the women. Sisters, if, if, the, if, if the husband says he's going to change the filter every three months, quit nagging him. He's going to get it done eventually. Just, 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 just you know, it's going to get done, all right? If he, if, if, uh, hello? I'm just trying to talk. I'm just trying to help the men out. Men, I'm just trying to help y'all out. But come on, brother, say amen. Wives, if, if, if you keep asking the husband to clean the garage, if you got to keep reminding him every, you know, six months, quit nagging him. He's going to get it done eventually. Just, you know, just, just be patient, all right? But this woman became a nag. She hustled. She was diligent. She was determined. And the judge says she troubles me, yet I will avenge her lest she continue to weary me. She had a hustle spirit in her. I like to call it a holy hustle. Let me tell you one thing. There's a judge that sits high and looks low. Now, I don't believe you can ever weary him, 
because he faints neither day or night. He neither sleeps day or night. But I do believe Jesus uses this as an example to say, here's how you ought to pray. Don't you give up in prayer. Don't you stop coming to the Lord. You can always boldly come before the throne of grace that you would obtain favor in the time of need. I need to remind every one of you all right now, when you pray, believe God in everything you believe in him, asking him for that God would do it. You may get tired of praying, but he don't ever get tired of you asking Abba Daddy what you need from him. He, she hustled. She stayed before him and the judge said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and give her what she wants so she won't weary me to death. I'm here to remind every one of you all today, when you seek the Lord, when you pray to God, when you have a fearless faith and when you have a little hustle in you, there are some great things God will do just for you. There are some things that God will push into your advantage. There are some things God will prioritize from the back of the list to the front of the list. I'm here to tell you God will take you, my God, from the very back, put you on the very front, and he will remind you in the word, the first should be the last, and the last should be the first. I need to tell every one of you right now, when you just get a little ump to your step, get a little expectation, put a smile on your face, and say, hello world, I'm coming. I am believing God. Today going to be a great day. We're going to trust God for great things that happen. Money going to come my way. Favor all upon me. God's going to give me the tongue of the wise. I'm going to walk in the decree of the Lord. I'm healthy. My mind is sharp. I'm feeling good, smelling good. I'm ready to walk in here and see what God will do for me. And God said, that's the type of faith I'm talking about. That's the type of belief I'm talking about. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and answer the prayer. I'm going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could have asked good things. Someone stand to your feet. I'm here to tell you right now that if you trust the Lord, lean not to your own understanding and all that way is acknowledge him. God's going to direct your path. He's going to set your feet, prepare a table in the presence of your enemies and open doors that no man could open. I don't hear nobody saying nothing to me on this Sunday morning. If you believe it, you ought to clap your hands and say, God, I thank you. I'm believing God with a little hustle and a little faith that God will do something great for me. And so the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. Shall God not avenge his own who cry out day and night? Don't you get tired of seeking the Lord. Don't you give up praying. I don't dare want you to feel like it's in vain. Keep crying out day and night. God says, and I will tell you that he will avenge you speedingly. And the question was asked, will he really find faith on the earth? Every one of us needs a little hustle in us when it comes to walking out our faith. And I don't mind saying that. You need a little street cred. I know we say sanctified, holy, and polished, and sanctified, and righteous, and all of that. But Moses knew how to go into the academic circles and talk the talk of the Chaldeans and the academia, and he knew how to go into all of the higher areas of Pharaoh's court. For he knew the king's language. But Moses also knew how to get in the streets and tell like a T.I. was. You know who also was like that? Paul. Paul could go to, a, go to the, uh, to the Arapahs, Acts chapter 17, and he could spar with the Greeks. He could spar with the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. He said I had the, the, the equivalency of three PhDs, earned PhDs at that. So he could talk all of the languages of the intellect and the academia and all of the scholars. But Paul also could transcend and get down in the dirt and the grit and the nitty, and he could deal with the lay people. 
and have these conversations about Jesus and about the kingdom. And his own rent houses, the Bible says he would talk to anybody about Jesus who would stop by. And I believe that we are that ambidextrous type of people. You should be able to talk to the judge, the president, the chancellor. Talk to the highest of the high with intelligence and confidence. But at the same time, my God, throw you on some, some Timberlands and throw you on some, some holy jeans and, 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 and get down and, and be just as comfortable talking to people who split birds and, and don't know how to spell. That's what excites me about being here. This is a perfect nucleus in a hodgepodge place of that type of environment. We are perfectly set in a community and in a region of this city to where we have tentacles in all of these different directions. When I was in college, I, when I, was in college I, I did an internship at NC State. I spent six months at the state legislator, North Carolina. I moved to Raleigh, stayed at a dorm at NC State. And for six months, I checked in every morning in the House of Representatives. It was the most boringest job I had my entire life. They paid me. I had to put a suit and tie on. I missed my church family in Greensboro. I commuted almost every Thursday night back to Greensboro, 1991. You would often, and, and I was assigned to the House of Appropriations. I can't remember the two gentlemen who I was, the, the, the House representatives I was assigned to. I can't remember their names. But I do remember the janitors and the people in the, in the kitchen that I'd often go and spend time with. Because when they saw me come in as a young black man with a suit on, and I had a briefcase, I never forget I had a briefcase. We, that, that was a fashionable thing to do back then, and have a briefcase. I ain't had nothing but a banana inside <laughs> and a business card, but you wouldn't have known it though. <laughs> Open it up, banana and a business card. <laughs> but when I walked tall, those janitors walked tall. The kitchen staff walked tall. I found more value with them than I did on the floor with my colleagues of the same internship and the representatives. What are you saying? Governor Martin, Jim or James Martin, I had the opportunity to send his office. Now, mind you, I was young and I was a novice. I had only been saved maybe 18 months at that time. No, two years at the time, two and a half years. I said, Governor Martin, sir, are you saved? I'll never forget his answer. He said, well, you know, uh, he said something about being a, a reformer and an orthodox, blah, blah, blah. Whatever he said, I didn't understand what he said. All I knew, I did my assignment. Now, hindsight, I probably wish I would have built a relationship and did it differently. I say these things to say that I've had the opportunity to meet one, two presidents, President Barack Obama, George Bush, Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu, President Shimon Perez. And I believe that the same grace is on everyone's life in this ministry, that you will stand before kings, you will stand before great men and women, but never lose your identity to sit with the mother, like Tyree Nichols, and put your arms around her and love her. 
to sit with a future skateboarder or a current skateboarder who may not look like you, may be on the wild side or edginess, but love them, minister to them. What breaks my heart is that could have been my son. No reckless driving. Nobody was howling drugs. Nobody was fighting or arguing. Just a random, a random, a random stop. Could have been me. And I'm convinced had it not been for that, 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 that camera on the pole, everything would have been twisted. The body cams probably would have gotten distorted and all of a sudden missing. And the stories would have been corroborated. Let's be a people that seek the Lord. Because when you seek the Lord, God's going to give you wisdom. He's going to give you answers. He's going to give you ideas. He's going to give you courage and boldness. So you can stand out and make a difference. We're not called just to be spiritually fat Pharisees that sit here and, and commend one another once a week every year, every, every month. No, we're called to go out in community. Touch children, touch teens, touch adults. Remember the poor. Be a blessing. And it all starts with fearless faith and holy hustle. I want to pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Here be a head bowed, every eye closed. Pastor Stevens, I'm not saved. I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I don't, I, I'm a good man. I'm a good woman. Um, I really have a good heart, but I'm, I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. And I don't want another day to pass. I don't want another waking moment to pass without having Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I want to give my life to Christ. I want to receive the gift of salvation today. My brothers, my sisters, I just want to pray with you right where you're standing. I just want to give you an opportunity to, to receive the gift of salvation right where you're standing. And I want to pray a very simple prayer. And that prayer simply is what we call the sinner's prayer. What we ask that you do simply is this. Is the Bible says that you believe in your heart if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Christ. In other words, he lived, he died, he was buried, and he rose again. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 10, if you believe that and you can confess that with your mouth, thou shalt be saved. And so that being said, yes, I want to, I, I believe that I want to be saved. I want to pray with you right here and right now. Right where you're standing while every head bowed, every eye closed. Pastor, would you pray that prayer with me? Yes, I will. Would you take a moment right where you're standing? I just want you to lift your hand right where you're standing. Just lift your hand right where you're standing. I want to pray for you right where you're standing. I see your hand. I see your hand. There may be those that are online as well. Just take a moment. Just take a moment and lift that hand right where you're standing. And I want to pray this prayer, and if you'll repeat this prayer with me, and I'll ask the entire church as a family to pray this prayer together as a family. Come on, say, Father, thank you for your word. I do believe in my heart. And today I confess with my mouth that your son Jesus, he is king of kings, and he is Lord of lords. Forgive me for all of my sins. I'm so sorry. I give my life, I give my heart to serving you. And I receive the gift of salvation that I may be a child of God. Save me, fill me with your Holy Spirit that I may do your will 
in the name of your son Jesus this is my prayer and I receive it now amen and amen